Getting ready for Pesach. So, when it comes to Pesach, we find something very interesting. Well, in the Haggadah, in the Nusach of the Haggadah, in many different Haggadahs, we find Chasal Sidur Pesach, which literally means we finish the Seder of Pesach. Some people have a meaning to sing Chasal Sidur Pesach and make a whole big thing out of it. The Alter Rebbe in his Haggadah leaves out Chasal Sidur Pesach. Why? There's a known Sikh of the Friedrich Rebbe where the Friedrich Rebbe explains that Pesach doesn't finish. Pesach continues every day in the year. And therefore, we don't say Chasal Sidur Pesach. It's still continuing. Now, that seems to be a nice thought, which we say about every Yom Tif. Carry the inspiration with you throughout the year. Take Purim throughout the year. Take Sukkot throughout the year. Every Yom Tif take through the year. What is it about Pesach that we're emphasizing that it doesn't end? There's something unique about this that Pesach continues throughout every day of the year. What is that? By the Seder, we have Charoises. How much Charoises do you need by the Seder? Matzah, you need a Kezayis. Dalat Kaisis, there's different Shiri. How much Charoises? There's no Shir. Why not? There's a din of Charoises. Why is there no Shir? How much Charoises? Why does the charesis look the way it looks? We find two reasons. One reason, it's here to remind us of mud. Charesis gives a mud-like, looks like it's a mud-like uh, substance. To remind us of the difficult slavery they didn't have when they were in Mitzrayim. They worked with bricks and mud. Another explanation, reason why we put the apples in the charesis dafka. To remind us of the apples. What's the apples? It says that when the Yiddish women were having a hard time giving birth, they would give birth under the apple trees in Mitzrayim, and Hashem made it easy for them to show the love that He has to the Yidden. It also says that we put in the charesis different types of fruits, which the Yidden are called by these names. Names which bring out the mindless of Yidden. What's the connection between these two different explanations as to what Charis is all about? Slavery of the Eden? Or how much Hashem loves the Eden? And how Hashem shows different forms of affection to the Eden? A few questions on the Haggadah. We start off Magi. Hey, Lach Ma'anya, Diacholu Avosono Ba'ara de Mitzrayim. Here is the bread of affliction which our forefathers ate in the land of Mitzrayim. Which bread of affliction did they eat in the land of Mitzrayim? There was no matzah in Mitzrayim. The Pasuk tells us matzah, we say in regards to matzah, matzah zu, al-shumma, to remember the matzah they didn't eat when they were being chased out of Mitzrayim. Higershum in Mitzrayim. It's not something they ate while they were in Mitzrayim. There are those Nefarshim who say, that when the Yidin were slaves, the Mitzrayim fed them matzah. But this doesn't have any source in the Gemara, any source in the Psukim. And it seems to be difficult to say that this is what we're referring to when we say that, hey, lach ma'anya, 
is the bread that even were fed as slaves in Mitzrayim. The Pashas were talking about the matzah. But the matzah wasn't eaten in Mitzrayim. We continue along. And we say, Kol ditzrich yeseve Kol ditzrich yeseve Whoever is hungry should come and eat. Whoever needs should come and be part of Pesach. Why are you saying that right before the Haggadah? If you're trying to invite someone, say it in Shul. Hashata Avdin. This year we're slaves. Lashona Habobinechayin. Why emphasize slavery the night of the Seder? We start off the answer. Avodim Hoyinu Lapari bin Mitzrayim. Vaitina Shemalekain. And we say that if the Abishta would not have redeemed us, Hare Onu, Honeinu, Hayinu Meshubadim Lapari bin Mitzrayim. We would still remain slaves to Pari in Mitzrayim. Really? Don't we say the decree was only for a certain amount of time? 400 years? Doesn't the Apostle tell us, the fourth generation will return? They'll leave the slavery? How can we say that if Hashem would not have taken us out then, we would still be in Mitzrayim today? We continue the Haggadah. Now, Hashem brings us close to His service. When's now? Today? But Pashtus, the Haggadah is talking about Avram Avinu. That's a long time ago. That's not now. Hashem brought us close. Why emphasize the fact that it was Hashem that brought us close? Vihisha Amda. We say in Vihisha Amda, the Chodar Vador. What does this mean? What are we trying to say? Is there a thought to say that the Goyim could eradicate Eden? Could destroy the Eden? Aren't we the purpose of existence? Aren't we the reason why Hashem created this world? If we're destroyed, there's no purpose to this world. We won't be destroyed. It's not a question. So what are we trying to emphasize when we say in every generation, the Goyim tried to eradicate us, and believe it or not, Hashem saves us. Of course He saves us. Also, what connection is there between Pesach and this idea that in every generation, the Goyim tried to eradicate us? Actually, when it comes to Pesach, we don't find that they tried to eradicate all the Eden. It says, ben the males, the females, could keep them alive. We find many other decrees where the Eden faced complete annihilation. As we say in the Haggadah, We find the story of Purim, of Zayda to annihilate all the Eden. We don't say the Isha Purim, we only say it on Pesach. Why? Towards the end, we say, how many amazing things the Eidashter has done for us. And we list many things. Eloitzianu, etc., etc. But each one of these minus, the Haggadah doesn't explain what's so special. It's supposed to be self-understood to some degree. In the end, the Haggadah tells us the final one of these minus, Ubanolanu Beisabchira. He built for us a Beis HaMikdash. 
Mechaper al kol to atone for all our sins. As if we would not understand on our own what is the Milo of Hamikdash. Comes the Haggadah and tells us it's here to atone for all your sins. Why specifically this Milo? We have to explain what's so special about it. In addition, why do we choose the Milo of Lechaper al kol isn't the main thing of the Beis HaMikdash a place of Shechina? The Asuli Mikdash, Vishachanti Vesoycha? A place where Hashem could dwell within the Eden? Why are we emphasizing the idea that in the Beis HaMikdash we atone on all our sins? Also, why do we choose to use the name Beis HaBechira? Call it as it's normally called, Beis HaMikdash. It's a lot of questions. The Rebbe explains as follows. When a person comes to the Seder night, there's a few basic questions that have to be answered before we start with anything. You come to the Seder. And you say, where am I right now? What's my situation right now? Are we free people? Are we redeemed? We're in Golos. Mashiach hasn't come yet. What are we celebrating? We're still slaves. Freedom, happiness. We came out of Mitzrayim with Rechush Godel, we're wealthy. There's poor people that need to be invited to a Seder. They need a place to eat. Are we in a state of freedom? And stronger than all, who sits by the Seder? Keneged Arba Bonim Dibretayra. Echod Chacham. Echod Rasha. A Rasha by the Seder? A Yid that's a Rasha? How could there be such a thing? If we're free people, if we're redeemed, if Hashem took us out, how could there be a Rasha amongst us? Before these questions are answered, we can't begin with a Seder. What are we celebrating? What's going on? These questions are emphasized. These points are emphasized in the opening of Mahi, in the opening of Sipur Yitzh Mitzrayim, before we start anything. When the Yidin ate matzah, yes, they ate matzah at the time of Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim, as they were leaving. But to a certain level, they were still the Arad the Mitzrayim. They never really left. They were still to a certain degree in a state of Mitzrayim. And yes, there are hungry people by the table. And yes, this year we're slaves. Which is also what we say, that if Hashem would not take us out of Mitzrayim, we would remain slaves in Mitzrayim till today. What about the promise? Well, let's understand, why were the Yitin in Mitzrayim? The Medrash tells us that Hashem asked Avram Avinu, what do you rather? What do you choose for your descendants? Gehenna or Mitzrayim? What type of choice is that? This world was created for a purpose, for us to elevate this world, to make it a place for the Eidishtah, to work on it, to refine it. What's the idea of Gehenna? Gehenna is here to make purification. If a person, chas v'shalom, doesn't do what he's supposed to in this world, 
he needs to go through a process of refinement and purification to come to a level where he's fit to be together with the Abishta. Avraham Avinu was asked, which method do you want for the Eden? How should they refine themselves, work on themselves, and elevate this entire world to be a place for the Abishta? Avram said, let them go to Mitzrayim. Let them work on Mitzrayim. Let them elevate it. Let them take this lowest of places and make it a place for the Abishta to dwell. Did they finish the job? They didn't finish the job. They couldn't complete it. On the contrary, we find that at the time that Hashem took the Yidna Mitzrayim, they were meant to Shari Tuma. If they would have waited a little longer, it would be very difficult to get out. It doesn't go against the promise. Hashem could try to pull them out very, very strongly, but they could say, I want to stay. We want to stay in this place. Whether because we haven't finished, whether because they like it. They want to stay. So if Hashem wouldn't take us out, we would still be there. In a certain sense, we have a connection with this Mitzrayim. This that Hashem is bringing us close to Him, on our own, not necessarily will we do it. We're in a state of Mitzrayim still. We wouldn't be interested. Hashem has to currently come, and from the top, Hashem has to bring us close to His Avedah. And yes, being that we're not completing what we're doing, we haven't finished our mission, we're still stuck in the state of Mitzrayim, there's chas v'shalom of oindim oleinu l'chaleiseinu. They're trying to eradicate us, annihilate us. What's protecting us? If we're not doing what we're supposed to be doing. It's only HaKadosh Baruch Hu matzileinu miyadam. But then stands the question, why should Hashem redeem us in such a situation? Why should He want us? Why should he be interested in us? Bagada tells us, Vayoreyu, the Mitzrim made the Eden bad. It wasn't their fault. There's a famous question. Why were the Mitzrim punished? Makos, total destruction by the Yamsuf. Weren't they just doing what they were told to do? Hashem wanted the Eden and Mitzrim. Hashem wanted them to be there. The Mitzrim were simply carrying out Hashem's will. What was so bad? One of the answers is, They went past what they were supposed to do. They went extra bad. And they tried to make us bad. They tried to pull us down. On our own, we never would have gone so low. The Mitzrim, with their influence, tried to pull us down to a level where there almost seems to be no return. Because it's not our fault. Therefore, Hashem says, I'll come, I'll save you. Okay. That's why Hashem will save us. But why is this a reason to celebrate? This seems to kill the whole story of Pesach. We seem to have not gotten too far. So we are stuck. To a certain degree, we're still in Mitzrayim. We have poor people. We have Rishayim. So what is it that we're celebrating? What is it that we're so excited about? Comes the end of the Haggadah and tells us, Messiah the Sheva. Hashem built for us a base habechira. What does it mean a base habechira? What does it mean bechira? Choice. You have two things. If one is better than the other, there's no choice. 
You take the better one. Logic dictates you take the one which is better. Can't choose. Bechira means they're equal. There's no difference between them. You simply choose it because that's what you connect with. Not because it has something special about it. Not because it has something good about it. Because it talks to you. How could it talk to you if there's nothing special about it? Because it's yours. Bechira. Bono lanu Hashem built a house where Hashem expresses that Yidin and the Eidishter are one. There's no two ways to go. You could be in Mitzrayim, in the worst situation, tied up with them. You could be poor. You could be a Rasha. You could be down in the mud. But Hashem shows you. Why? It can't be because of your situation. Your situation doesn't seem too great. It has to be for only one reason. Because he chose you. And you're his. <clears throat> That's expressed in the fact that even if there are Avedas, even if there are Avedas, even if you don't seem to be doing what you're meant to be doing, it's a higher place. Hashem will forgive you. Because your connection is not built upon what you do and who you think you are. It's built upon the way the Ebeshter thinks of you. The way the Ebeshter chose you. In essence, the entire situation of Mitzrayim was there to bring out this idea. This very concept that we seem to have never left. We seem to still be stuck. We seem to still be part of this Mitzrayim. It itself brings out this idea that this that the Ebeshter took us out of Mitzrayim is only for one reason. Because we belong to him no matter what. No matter what it looks like on the outside, we're his. Based on this, we can understand why Pesach never finishes. Why Pesach has to continue every day of the year. There's two types of miracles. Take the miracle of Moshe's hand turning white like snow. Hashem was giving Moshe signs to prove that it's his mission to take the Yidin out of Mitzrayim. And one of the signs is, Moshe's hand turns white like snow. Afterwards, when Hashem said it's time to take away the Tzaras, to make his hand heal, what does Hashem tell Moshe? Another miracle. Put your hand inside, it will go away. Another miracle is Kriyas Yamsu. Hashem takes a big wind, holds up the water, and then when it's over, takes away the wind, and automatically the water goes back down. Miracle's over, the water goes back to its previous nature. Why? When Moshe Rabbeinu had his hand white like Tzoraz, couldn't the same thing have happened? As soon as the miracle that makes his hand look like Tzoraz is over, but the Tzoraz disappeared. Why a need for another miracle for the Tzoraz to go away? It depends what the miracle is doing. If the miracle is here to bring about something which wasn't here till now, but it's a natural thing, once it's here, then once it's here, it's here. You want to take it away, another miracle is required. But if there's something that the entire time makes no sense, then even while it's here, it could only be here if there's something constantly making it happen. Kriyas Yamsuf the water couldn't have remained standing at any given moment. 
you always needed that power of the Abishar holding it up. The second time was over, it just went back down. In essence, our leaving of Mitzrayim is just like that. Based on what we're saying, in essence, we're in a state of Mitzrayim. The way things look, there's limitations, there's boundaries, and we're pretty stuck inside of it. We still have the restrictions of Golos. We still have the poor people. We still have the Ben Rasha. In a certain sense, we're very tied down. And this situation is the natural situation of this world. Siddhis teaches us that not only is Mitzrayim the physical land of Egypt, not only is it Tumma and Sitra Akhra, any limitation on any level to the highest of levels in Kedusha is Mitzrayim. And the natural situation says that we are bound by those rules. We are stuck by them. It's not a surprise that we can't get out. Any moment that we're not in Mitzrayim, it doesn't make sense. It's breaking the rules. We're talking about the Eidash they're expressing to Ayyid that Ayyid is in essence something beyond the rules. Something that no rule could tie down. At every moment that this is taking place, it's a chidush. It makes no sense. Therefore, this idea has to happen constantly at every moment. Based on this, we can understand the idea of the charesis. Why does charesis have no shia? Because what does charesis represent? The mud and the apple trees. The mud represents the essence of Tumah, the essence of Mitzrayim. Like we said before, the limitation of Mitzrayim, the clip of Mitzrayim, was so extreme that by Yorayim, it took us down. It put us under a bondage that we had no way that we were able to get out. We were completely stuck. But it was exactly at this time that Hashem expressed how deep his connection to what you did. A connection that transcends all limitations. A connection that nothing can get in the way of. Hashem showed that in that very situation of teeth, in that very situation of the ultimate Mitzrayim, we were completely locked out. That's the outside. That's the external level. It looks like they've affected us terribly. But Hashem took us out. Hashem showed who we really are. What's our essence? In essence, Ayid is the love of the Ebishtah. In essence, the Yid is someone who is not bound by these rules. And therefore, in this place of mud, in this place of the ultimate Tumah and Mitzrayim, which seems to have a hold on us, Hashem shows the ultimate Chibas on Yisrael. He shows them His love. He calls them by names of different fruits as signs of affection and makes things easier for them while they're in Mitzrayim. All to bring up this idea that by Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim, he's expressing the essential connection between Ayid and the Yedishter, which is not bound by anything. And this idea cannot be expressed in quantity. There's no amount. When you say there's a shear to something, a kezayis, a kebeya, a revis, it means it takes something. You need to put together a bunch of different details. And when you have all the components, then you have what you're looking for. But the connection to Ayid and the Yedishter is not like that. It's not based on anything. It's not based on what you have or what you don't have. 
It's based on who you are. A Yid and the Eivishter are one. That's what the Eivishter showed us by Yitzhak Mitzrayim. We belong to him, no matter what the outside may look like. There would be Zoycha, that we should be Zoycha to the ultimate revelation of the connection between Yid and the Eivishter with the coming of Mashiach and the complete Gula. Thank you, Amen. Amen. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Mm-hmm. 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 Mm-hmm.